here we are with another episode of Ancient Ways for Modern Days. My name is Andrew, and joining me today is... Mike Freeman. That's right. Mike, how are you today? Well, today I'm great, yeah. uh, although this episode is coming out, and so I want to start by saying Happy New Year. That's right. Happy New Year to you, Mike. I mean, we could celebrate the New Year we can celebrate. right now. It's coming up. Are you are you a big New Year's guy? Do you have any like fun New Year traditions that you did as a kid or even as a family now? You know, we did different things as a kid, never really made a huge deal about it. Uh, I've been in the habit the last few years to wake up really early on New Year's Day. And so I generally don't stay up late, late. Right. Uh, sometimes we make the joke, we watch the New York ball drop and at nine o'clock. Uh, Pacific time. Yeah. And then I like to get up early and and use that first day of the year to think through my my life, my year, where I'm headed, what am I doing, and uh, reflect some on the last year. So That's that's an interesting thought because really, culturally, right, most people wake up New Year's Day hungover from the event of the previous year. Yeah, they sleep in. Yeah. Whereas you're you're talking about getting up on that fresh on the first day of the new year and just getting after it yeah that's a completely different mindset that's that's the last few years i've done it that way and it is incredible it's a good it's a good way to start the year do you ever find that it's hard to sleep do you have noisy neighbors or anything well we just have a, a new house this year oh that's right yeah last year we were down and we we had noisy neighbors but i i sleep fine yeah i i kind of think about I think last year I kind of did the same thing. I, I've kind of gotten out of the habit. I don't know if it's a good habit of celebrating New Year's. Like I recognize it. I'm excited for it. But I'm like you. I'm really excited to just get after it. Fresh start. But what's hard for me living in the residential area is that sometimes people like to buy fireworks yeah. and just party until well after midnight. So I've bought some earplugs and stuff. It's kind of like the 4th of July. Sometimes people just go for it for yeah. hours. A little bit of a war zone down there. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but yeah, New Year's is going to be interesting. Mike, are you a resolutions guy? Not really a resolutions guy. Okay. I, I don't do resolutions in the new year because, and you and I do similar things, but I've kind of got a plan throughout the year that I'm always updating and always writing and always kind of holding myself accountable and trying to stay in focus. And so it's, right. it's, much, it's much less about resolutions. Rather, it's about goals and directions and habits mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. And I would agree with that. I uh, I'm actually... I like the idea of resolutions. I wish people still did resolutions as uh, as excitedly as they did when I was younger. But I also wish they would go about them in a way that was healthy and hopeful. I think because uh, you and I talk about like we we have goals that we set throughout the year and we focus on them. We try to establish habits, and really that's what I think a New Year's resolution should be is saying like, hey, here's a habit I'm going to, or something different that you're going to slowly integrate into your life and do it in a healthy way. Because most people, like, they try to, like, lose weight or something like that, and they go on crash diets or they do something crazy, and it's not sustainable. Yeah. So I think having a growth mindset is a good thing. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm rabbit trailing, but I, I do wish people would set, not necessarily resolutions, but goals. For and there's something really wise about stopping and pausing and reflecting and saying, where am I at in life? Right. And so maybe it is because of diet and health. Where where am I at Mm -hmm. physically? How is my heart? How are my lungs? How is my weight? All that stuff to do the same thing spiritually to stop and say, okay, how am I doing in my walk with the Lord? Am I, am I intentional about it? Am I seeking his face? Right. Am I kind of just doing my own thing? Am I prioritizing the things of God or the things of self? It's wise to do that with your family. It's wise to do that with your your you know your place of employment, your job. Right. There's nothing wrong with stopping and saying, 
what is my life right now? What should it look like? Where am I going? And what is, what does it look like to get there? I think what you're saying is the, uh, kind of the desperate feel of a new year resolution, right? Where I'm like, Oh, I'm doing so bad. I need to fix this. And so you make this giant commitment without a plan in place, without the tools in place, without wisdom. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's, I I think both of us would say, yeah, that's usually not very helpful. I've done that before. Right. Right. It doesn't last. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to read the Bible this year. Right. Right. That's Mm -hmm. kind of the classic one in the church. I'm going to read it. I'm going to do this. And you know, people get to February and then it fizzles out. Right. And that's, I think I like the idea that there's a new season and that people make like, Hey, this year I'm going to do this, but I don't like the desperation of it. I also don't like when people do it on like, when they do it on their own without accountability, a plan, help. And I think those are really healthy things. You talk about taking the time to really take um, account of your life. You know, how are you doing mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, socially, you know, as a husband, a father or a wife, a friend, whatever. Taking the time to really consider that stuff is really good. And I think it should be done on a regular basis. You and I have, um, we kind of, we read the same people and we follow kind of the same uh, cults, I guess. No, not cults, but like. Uh, these gurus, I guess, I don't know what to call them, but just people who talk about growth and development. And I like to at least once a quarter, just do a, I think if you do it more often, right, and just get check up on yourself, you're more apt to have your best year, I guess, or, or, or do something to that. It's a lot more productive. When the end of the year comes, you can look back and be like, okay, even though I set out to do this, at least I did 80, 70% of it, and I can, I'm, I'm further along this than this one time I checked on myself, didn't hold myself accountable, and then here I am the next year and nothing's happened. Yeah. That can be defeating. And this can feel a little bit like a like a cultural or a secular idea, but what we're trying to do is we're trying to look at what the scripture says about our time. Right. right. So Ephesians chapter five, verse fifteen, sixteen, and really verse seventeen, it says, Look carefully then on how you walk. Not as unwise, but as wise. And so we're saying, okay, if I'm going to examine my life, I don't want to be unwise. I want to be wise. And then verse 16, it says, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Some translations say redeeming the time, buying the time back for the purposes of God. And then verse 17, it says this, therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And so I think what we're saying is instead of doing like straight, uh, business mindset, growth mindset, like let's let's just read self-help books. Right. <clears throat> what we're trying to say is the scripture charges us, it commands us to make the best use of our time, to redeem the time, to be wise with how we walk. Um, and so what we're trying to do is we're trying to say, okay, I don't want to be a fool. The opposite of being a fool is to uh, to know what the will of the Lord is. And so if, if we're saying, if I want to know what the will of the Lord is, I want to take every aspect of my life and say, how does God's will impact the way I think about my health? How does God's word impact the way I think about my my spiritual disciplines, the way I use my time, the way I engage with my family, the way I engage with my friends? I, I think that's what we're trying to say. Yeah. And it's, I guess, because we're in the season of people making resolutions and we're in a season where people honestly, because that's a cultural thing, people are apathetic to the idea of making goals or being wise with their time or doing anything that is uh, really accountable, right? To taking the time to really uh, think about what they're doing. But the truth is we need to take the time to reflect. Like, am I 
living in a way that honors God? What can I be doing more? What can I be doing less of? My, I guess my question for you is when you yourself are, are making uh, goals, when you are trying to live in a way that glorifies God, when you are trying to be wise with yourself, do you have goals? Do you have things that you think through? Like what's, what's your biggest motivation for e- even setting uh, – I'll just continue to use the word goals, like the goals that you have throughout the year. Because you and I, we, we've, we use the full focus journal. We, we make goals. We have goals for qu- each quarter and each year. Like what's, what's behind, uh, I guess, the motivation for yourself? Yeah, so the root of all of this is trying to look at my life through different lenses. Right. And so, and I actually, as I'm talking, I think we've talked about this before a few months back when we talked about your, the, the forward life. I think we have a podcast on okay. that. Um, but it's really saying, okay, if, if I'm going to look at how God looks at me, then what, what do I want God to say about me and the way I'm living my life? And so then I, I organize my time around that. I do the same thing with my wife. When I think about how my wife looks at me, the things that she would say at my funeral, what what are the things that I want her to be able to say about me? And then I work backwards and say, okay, well, then how do I live now? Do I want her to, to sit there and struggle with trying to find examples of how I cared for her? Or do I want her to have just this 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 volume after volume of all the different ways that I showed her I loved her, that I cared for her, that I led her well, that I protected her, that I helped her feel secure in our relationship and our marriage. And then I do the same thing with my kids. I do the same thing as a pastor. Um, how, how do I want the church to think of me, to see me? Do they want do I want them to think of me as someone who is kind of haphazard in how I pastor or I'm always showing up to appointments late and I'm unprepared and I'm always stressed? Do I want them to look at me as someone who is, man, every time they talk to me, they, they hear the word of God just kind of like saturating the words that I say and as, as I counsel or, or give advice or as I preach, they just see that everything I'm doing is is tied so tightly to God's word. And so my answer to your question is, yeah, I have goals, but my goals really have to do with the way the way I'm living my life in relationship with other people. Yeah. I think for me, I'm with you on all that because for me, I can sum that all up with the idea that uh, when Jesus talks about the parable of the talents, I want that. I, I, people, it's, it's such a cultural Christian thing, but it's, it rings true for me. Like I want to meet my maker and I want to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. And I, with that, I recognize that there are different hats in my life. Uh, I'm a son. I'm a brother. I'm a pastor. I'm a, I'm a coach. You know, I'm, I'm this and that. Like, I have different responsibilities. And in all those areas, God has given me different resources, talents, and abilities that I want to steward those in a way. And especially with all those, my time. I want to steward my time in a way that honors God and honors everything that's been given to me to further the kingdom of God. Uh, I've talked about this here and there, but like in the last couple of years, I've gone on this crazy journey to where I, I, I just wanted to get healthy. Then, then I became a, a CFL one, tra- a CrossFit trainer, and then which opened up the door for me to become a, a nutrition coach. And as I sit here looking at the new year, I've been thinking to myself, what am I going to do to honor God? Because he's the one that gave me these opportunities to impact other people in his name. And I'm trying to see, like, okay, God's given me this, but also God has given me um, the ability to live with my my younger brother, 
when my brother and I were younger, um, we were not, we were typical brothers, right? We would fight, we would do all these things, but God has opened the door for me to, to live with him. And I want to steward my time and honor God in a way that would take advantage of this time that we have, because we're not going to be together like this forever. I think about the opportunities in children's ministry and church. And I think about these are different hats that I have. And in all these areas, I want to make sure that I'm stewarding, that I'm being wise with the resources and the time and the money that I've been given. And I think that's why it's important to really take the time to just stop, reflect, and ask yourself, like, how am I doing? How am I doing in these areas? Because sometimes, sometimes, like, you and I are in different situations. I, my, I don't go home to a family. I, I, have, I go home to roommates that I check in on. But right now, this season of my life, I can give more time to certain areas, but then to, like, ministry. But then the day will come when like maybe I'm giving too much time to ministry and not enough time to my own family or my kids. And so I need to stop. I'll need to develop. I, I need to continue this habit of stopping and asking myself, how am I doing? What, what needs more attention and what probably needs less attention right now? And, and the, the key, one of the keys to success there is how often do you ask that question? Because New Year's resolutions... People ask them the first week of January, and then they don't ask themselves themselves that question again. And what we have learned is we have to ask ourselves that question, not just at the beginning of the year, but we both work through a process quarterly. Yeah. And then we work through a process Weekly. every week. Yeah. And actually, most days, you and I sit down, I mean, not together, but we sit down and say, what are, what are the top things today that I'm going to address, that I'm going to work on, that I'm going to handle? Right. And all of that connects back to that big picture of how am I loving God and how am I loving people, right? Everything lands right back in the lap of, the, of that question. Am I loving God? Am I loving brothers and sisters and my neighbors and the people in my life? You know, you were, you were mentioning that. And I, uh, I just realized that the process that you and I are talking about is something that I just adopted really just this year. Um, I think it was... I've always been big on journaling. I've read a lot of different productivity books and things like that. But I think it was just this year that you and I were, uh, I became a big fan of like Michael Hyatt and then that full focus planner that we have. And I was just thinking like just this year, I became a nutrition coach because it was in March that I finished that. I finished a couple other goals that I've written out throughout the year. And then this upcoming December, I I will complete um, a couple of spiritual things like um I've been trying to make a habit for myself to pray 20 minutes every day. I'm on day 62 right now of just trying to go 90 days straight. Listen, even as a pastor, I struggle with prayer at many times, but just taking the time to go just 20 minutes, set a timer and just go for it. That has changed my life. And I'm only bringing this up because it's, it is like, it's the repetition of every, every quarter I take a look at like, what did I try to do? What am I wanting to do this upcoming quarter? How am I doing? Making some adjustments and going. Because there was, you and I have talked about this. There are, there are a couple months where I'll just, everything will kind of fall by the wayside and I'm just yeah. reacting. Mm-hmm. But taking the time throughout the year, not just once a year, to ask myself, am I honoring God? Like, what am I doing? Um, I can say that 2019 is actually... I feel much, it was, it's much more fruitful than 2018, just because taking the time to every 13 weeks, every week, as often as I can to just ask myself, am I honoring God? Mm-hmm. So that's, that's been crazy. Just thinking about that just this year. <laughs> There's a quote that says, uh, successful people do consistently what 
average people do occasionally, right? Yeah. And I, I don't want to overplay that, but there there's a truth to that spiritually, right? Like if, if you want to be someone who's spiritually mature, then you are going to daily, consistently seek the Lord through prayer, through his word, through service. You, you're going to consistently <laughs> do the, the, those things. And it's not like I did it one day and all of a sudden I'm transformed. Right. But you go, you go a year, 20 minutes a day prayer. You go a year reading your Bible every single day, right? You go a year uh, going to church every week, worshiping God, being with the saints. Guess what's going to happen in a year? I mean, you, you, could, you could mindlessly do all that, but if you're engaging in that, you are going to mature. You are going to become the kind of person that is walking, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time. No, that's that's such a powerful, powerful thing because I, it's so easy to think you're doing well to focus on six quote unquote success, but really like taking the time to ask yourself what is God requiring of me, what is God calling me towards, and then engaging it on, on a regular basis. That has been much more fruitful, right? We can hide behind easy things. But doing the small, consistent things really is what builds us up and matures us, and it causes us to be wise in the Lord, and it'll cause us to be more fruitful in Him. I, I have been facing some things in the last month that have been much harder for me than than past dramas. But I really do. I, I am so thankful that prior to that, I had began that discipline of just praying because I think that got me more sensitive to the leading of the Spirit for this for the season. Man, and I, I don't want anybody to think that we're like professionals at this right now because really like we started this together in about a year ago I, we've always been pretty i, I had this feeling that pretty product productivity goal oriented stewardship oriented but really this system has paid off a lot this year um i would also say speaking as a coach as, I, as i'm learning uh oftentimes especially when it comes to like uh, dieting people will hear something like this and get excited and like you know what? i need to make some changes and they will do something huge. And I, I really think that doing something small and sustainable is really the first step because you, you said the word habits earlier and that's what we're going for, mm -hmm. right? Someone might listen to my testimony about 20 minutes of prayer and they think, well, I wanna do that, but maybe your life doesn't afford you right now to do 20 minutes. Honestly, if you just took five to 10 minutes every day for 90 days, I think you'll feel an impact in there. Um, I know you're you're reading like 10 chapters in the word of the word every day, mm -hmm. right? I don't. I, I read one passage, whether that's a whole chapter or maybe two or three chapters. It just depends on the uh, the reading plan that I'm in. But if we just do that consistently and just meet you where you're at, you'll grow in those disciplines. Mm -hmm. So I, I would encourage anyone that men, like, because I know we're talking about goal setting and we're talking about being wise. Part of being wise is also knowing, um, I guess, understanding your own context. Yeah. And and then making small adjustments accordingly. We call that we call that recognizing your current reality, right? And then building from there. Yeah. And so you you set yourself up for failure with New Year's resolutions that are giant, right? Right. That that are overwhelming. Uh, it, it's much wiser to say I'm going to start small, and then in a few months I'm going to recalibrate. And then I'm going to up the, the ante a little bit. I'm going to strive a little bit more, mm -hmm. but then, but to build those small wins so that you are making progress. 
instead of, you, you know, you're just sitting there at the, the bottom of this mountain and, and you're not sure even what, what to do, right? Because you're just looking at the top and saying, there's no way I'm going to get there versus taking one step, one small step. Right. For like an example of that is uh, just classic working out. This year, you might say to yourself, man, I'm going to, uh, I'm gonna, I want to get healthier and you'll focus on maybe trying to drop 30 pounds this year. That's great. But then you might think, I'm going to start running or I'm going to start lifting. I'm going to do all these things. But if you do too much too soon, you're going to injure yourself. Sometimes if you want to be a runner, just getting out there and walking for 15 mm-hmm. minutes a day, you want to build up the calf muscles, your everything else, your cardio endurance. And then as time goes on, you'll increase the intensity because it'll be, you always want to push just slightly outside your comfort zone. That's what, that's how growth and change happens. But if you push too hard out of it, you're going to injure yourself, set yourself back, and it's going to be really frustrating. So that I like what you said, you know, uh, acknowledging your reality in that. So Mike, with that said, uh, what are, what are some things that you're looking forward to this upcoming year? Do you, do you have anything? Well, you know, I, I'm really looking forward to this next year at Valley as I think it's going to kind of be a year of squaring the corners. You know, we've okay. been going for March will be two years. I've been here kind of crazy to think about. Right. Wow. And, and I, I think that we've been building trust. I mean, hopefully we've been building trust. Hopefully people have, hopefully, yeah, <laughs> you know, they, they've gone beyond just kind of like knowing me as a preacher and they're starting to see me as a person. Mm-hmm. And, um, I'm having more and more FaceTime with people just knowing the church well, and hopefully being known and so this next year, there's um, there's kind of a grind, to be honest. This is not going to be a, I don't know if it's going to be the most glamorous of years of ministry, but I, I think that there's some squaring the corners. You've, so can you define that term, squaring the corners, real quick? Yeah, it, yeah, it's making sure, A, we're on the same page. It's making sure that the, the, the little things are being done correctly. It's maybe addressing some of the, the gaps we have in ministry that aren't, mm-hmm. you know, big and fancy. And we're going to go do this is actually, you know, slowing down. We're actually going to fix this or we're going to rework this. Yes. Um, and, you know, those are, those are the the things in a church that are, it's like tending a field, right? It's the, the it really is building to, towards soul care. How do we care for people's souls in a way that is not, you know, a, a plant doesn't grow in a day. It, it needs to be watered. It right. needs to be cultivated. The, the soil needs to be tended and fertilized. And so I, I just think this next year is going to be a year of doing little things and doing them right hopefully in the kind of way that, that sets us up for coming years of more fruitfulness. You know, what you just said is, uh, it, it, it parallels a conversation I've been having with our worship director. And uh, in, in CrossFit, one of the things that we talk about is this word, uh, it's called virtuosity. Have you, have you ever heard of that word? I've heard it. Okay, so it, by CrossFit's definition, uh, what they basically said was doing the common uncommonly well. Mm. Is just what it means to be virtuous or or virtuosity, focusing on it. And lately, I've been thinking to myself, you know, in my 20s, I wanted to be part of like a big fancy church with lights and smoke machines and like people wearing really expensive sneakers and tight jeans and all that. Yeah, you know, in my 20s, that's what I wanted. Because I just thought like, man, that's, that's, that's super cool. But honestly, I don't care about that stuff anymore. I really don't. But what I want more than anything is just... Are we just doing the basic things well? I want to do the basic, like caring for someone's soul. I, I don't. It doesn't sound exciting to say I'm going to care for someone's soul, but that's what is needed. 
We need to do that kind of stuff well. Leading worship, singing praises to God, studying his word. These these things that make a church classically a church, I guess, I, I would love for us to, I would love for me, as I think about it, I want to be, I want to practice virtuosity. I want to do the common things uncommonly well. And I think that's been a driving force behind prayer mm. as of late for me right now. It's like prayer just seems like a really basic thing, right? We tell people, read your Bible, pray, really basic things. But I want to do those things, these, these common things, these basic things uncommonly well mm-hmm. is what I want to do because I think there's going to be fruit in that. Yep. So anyway, that's, that's a different topic. Uh, I'm excited. I, this upcoming year for me, I, uh, I do want to focus when I get the time. To, I want to begin a health and coaching practice for churches. Um, it's just being pressed more and more on my heart and my mind as I watch people and I just see – unhealthiness it's hard now as a especially after like a couple years of training in movement when i watch people walk and when i watch people just move around i can see what's tight in them i can see what's hurting them and it for me in my brain i'm like i can help you with that i just want to see our church be healthy physically emotionally spiritually and now that i have these tools i want to use that for the glory of god because i think that could we could i want to use that to earn people's trust and sharing the gospel with them too so that's on this upcoming year i want to see that happen i guess so yeah. Uh, speaking of this upcoming year, next week we're starting a different topic for our podcast. Correct? Yeah. 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 We're starting a book called Who Am I? Yep. Um, Mike, do you want to give us instruction on okay, what what is it that we're going to do and how people can participate in that? Right. So last year we did uh, kind of a book for the church. We looked at the nine marks of healthy church and we didn't look at every chapter, but we looked at every concept yeah. in that book, kind of saying, okay, let's, let's recalibrate a little bit. Let's kind of just set the, the foundation of, of what we're aiming for to be a church. And so we're going to start this year with a book that's less about church at large and more about the individual. Mm-hmm. And so Jerry Bridges wrote this really short book uh, called Who Am I? And it basically is working through what our identity in Christ is. And so this is saying, these are some key tenets, some key truths for someone who's trusted in Jesus and his death and resurrection. This is this is who you are. And it's a really encouraging read. It's a short book. It's eight chapters. And so we're just going to take the first couple months of the year and, and just kind of wrestle with a chapter a week as part of our podcast rhythm. Right. Um, so we want to encourage people to pick up that book. It's there's an audiobook version, there's ebook version. You can get a, a print book at, at our right. campuses right now or mm-hmm. online. And if if people want to read along with us and remember, be refreshed and challenged yes. by the identity we have in Christ. And you know what I would love, I would personally love is that if people as they read the book, as they are challenged or if something doesn't make sense or they have questions about it, man, I would strongly encourage people to write in, write in questions or write in uh, their comments, because the more we engage with with you, the listener, I think the more edifying it's going to be for you, because we want to be a resource. Like if you're reading something and it doesn't make sense, or it just grabs you in a way, man, we want to celebrate with you. We want to question things with you. We want to help answer uh, you know, questions that you have. And I think it, it, it means that reading this book won't be just a solo adventure for you. It, it'll, it'll give you kind of a community to plug into to talk through the things that we're reading. Together. That's right. So so pick up the book and join yeah. us for a few few weeks of, of reading through this book and, and learning together. Yeah, yeah. All right. So now we're going to transition really quick into um, something different that we haven't done before on this podcast. Uh, we did a on-the-spot interview 
with um, while we were at Great Wolf Lodge back in October as we were connecting with the Northwest Baptist Convention. Yeah. Uh, Mike, I know this kind of explains what the Northwest Baptist Convention is, but do you kind of want to give some context to what this interview was? And I guess why, why does this, why does this matter to the average attender? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we took some time to interview Randy Adams. He's the executive director of the Northwest Baptist Convention. Great guy, super sincere man, great leader and, uh, and a friend. And, uh, and so Valley is part of the Northwest Baptist Convention. We partner with other churches in the Northwest. Some of what this interview explains is, is how that happens and why that happens. And we just wanted to take some time to introduce our church to, to kind of the, the broader view of the church. This is, Valley is not this, you know, this island of a church. We actually ha- are connected and dependent in some ways on these partnerships and friendships for things like missions and church planting. And so we, we want the average church person just to know this is what we're part of. This is when we talk about missions, this is usually what we're talking about and how we're connected to it. And we thought it would be fun to to interview Randy. So here you go. All right. So the following is your interview with Randy Adams. <laughs> 